Shalom, and welcome to In the Beginning. My name is Shmuel Bowman, and I am a Torah scribe. So I want to talk about Noah, Noah. And there's this picture that comes to mind, right, of Noah, and he's on this really beautiful wooden boat, you know, and the animals are there, and they're all up hanging out on the boat there, and there's, if you think about these classical paintings we've all seen, you know, there's the rainbow, and he's got the dove, and it's all really fun, and, you know, you see even children's art and it decorates all sorts of posters and there's Noah and he's floating around on his, on his boat. And I, I love boats. I really love, but I grew up with boats. Okay. Uh, one of my uh, earliest memories is, is rowing this big bathtub of a rowboat up at our cottage in Halliburton. That's in Ontario, Canada. And uh, I think my parents attached a rope from the boat to a tree on the shore, so I wouldn't actually go that far. I, I, there, we have a photograph um, of of my mom and my great grandmother in this rowboat with me, and I'm rowing away. I'm doing the I'm doing the oar thing. Amazing! I uh, love that uh, canoe trips in again in Canada, uh, just being out there and in the wilderness and um, the paddling of the canoe through the water and the wildlife around us, the moose and the loons, so beautiful. I would go out with uh, my, my, my dad always had this tradition where we would go out onto the lake at the end of the summer. And at some point we'd stop the boat and we'd have a chance to just really reflect on the year that was and, and, just before school started and talk about what would be for the year ahead. I have wonderful memories of my uncle Ira and fishing and he would wake me up real early in the morning and we'd quietly go out onto the lake and the mist was still rising off the lake and we'd break the tackle box and we'd paddle really, really, really softly so that you couldn't even hardly even hear the sound that the paddle was making. So we, wouldn't disturb the fish. Uh, my father-in-law has a sailboat and that is just so wonderful to be out on the lake and let the sail out and let the wind do its job. It's so beautiful. I, I even like uh, cargo ships. Doesn't, sound, doesn't that sound wild? I mean, I, I, just, I just think they're really, really cool. I have an app um, that actually tells me uh, you know, what the identity of the cargo ships are in my nearest port. Um, I can track boats. I can learn the name of the boat, of that cargo ship, uh, what they're carrying, the weight, all sorts of things like that. You get the idea. I really, I'm really into boats. And so, you know, you'd think I'd really, you know, think that what Noah was doing was really cool. But when I look closely at what exactly Noah was building, and what he would ultimately be sailing in, uh, it's actually not really as romantic and not as I described in terms of what real boating is in our mind's eye. You see, in Hebrew, the word for ark, which is that craft that Noah is building and goes into, is teva. 
And a teva in Hebrew means some pretty incredible things. Well, it means an ark, whatever that is. It means chest. It means crate. It means case. It means box. It means casket. So this vessel that Noah is building is actually something very, very different than like a riverboat cruise. Okay. This is, this is something that he's going to be building over a space of 120 years. Plenty of opportunity for people to come over to him and say, what are you building, Mr. Noah? And for him to say, well, I'm building this box that we're all going to go into because there's going to be this flood that's going to kill everybody unless you change your ways. There's 120 years to help turn people around, but no one's taking him, him seriously. And at some point, the rain's going to start. And at some point, as much as he has tried to share this message through his actions, um, it's not going to work. And ultimately, it's going to be him and his family and uh, representation uh, from all the animals in the world. And they're going to go into this vessel and they're going to get sealed into this vessel. So it's really interesting that the only other place in the Bible where a teva is mentioned is, yes, you guessed it, Moses, Moshe. So little baby Moses is placed in a teva by his sister Miriam. And if you think about it, it's kind of for a similar reason. He can't be in that world anymore. It's too dangerous, right? At that point in time, there is a, there's a, an edict that all Jewish male uh, babies will be, will be killed. And so Miriam, his sister, so there's no choice. If he's going to survive, he's got to go into this teva. She's got to close him into this thing. It's Again, it's not going to be some little, you know, raft floating around on the Nile on some vacation. No, he's got to go into something that looks more like a submarine. It's going to be um, covered with, with goop and everything to seal in the cracks. And he has to be able to go and and survive the Nile River and not drown. So it's the same thing with Noah. Noah's got to go into a craft also, covered outside and inside with this goop, so that no water will get in. And something really, really amazing, and that is that God actually seals Noah into the ark. It says in the Hebrew, that God actually closes the and shuts the ark, shuts him in. So he's totally sealed in. Nobody's lounging around on the upper deck. None of that is happening. They're going into this craft in the midst of this raging, crazy, horrific flood. And I don't know if, if, if you've ever been in a flood before, but I, I was in a flood experience many years ago in the Negev in Israel. And it was a flash flood. And the, the feeling was is that as, this, as the water got bigger and deeper and wider and faster, I knew that if I didn't jump across to the other side, to the dry side, that I would literally be swept away. There'd be nothing I could do about it. Can you imagine being swept away in a flood? You have no control? God forbid. That's what's going on. 
And Noah is surrounded by all this tragedy, by all this death, and all these people drowning around him. And he's just got to... He's just got to close himself off in this place if he's going to survive. You know, a little over a month ago, I was in Munich, Germany. And I was there uh, over Shabbat at this uh, synagogue, at the main synagogue in Munich. And there's this old man sitting at this other table. And he just had this smile about him. He had this glow around him. And the rabbi turns to me and says, you see that old man over there? So like a lot of elderly German Jews, so he also survived the Holocaust. And uh, he spent a year in Poland as a little boy. He lived in a sewer. He lived in a sewer. And people would throw scraps of food down into the sewer. Uh, and that's, that's how he survived. And eventually, he was able to leave the sewer and join the partisans. And eventually, the war was over and he was able to survive. And here he is today. And here he's sitting there and this great energy coming out of him. Noah is in this ark, which is this box, which is this casket. And he has to exist in this place, sealed up and closed up in order to survive. And I'm thinking that sometimes, you know, we can be in the world and we can only take so much. And then it's going to be like, if I stay here one more day, I'm just not going to make it. And sometimes we need to pull away. Sometimes we need to escape. And sometimes we need to just be in our own closed space for a temporary period of time and then emerge and, and get out of that space and embrace change, see what else is going on. I'm not going to be the same person as I was before I entered into that box. How can you? How can you spend any time in a closed, sealed chest in a casket and then come out on the other side? How can you do that? and be the same person. You can't. Something's going to change. And that's why it's so important, I think, that we understand that this ark isn't this floating love boat. It's this, it's this place where we're going to be transformed. It's a place where if we don't go in there, the alternative is death. I'm not going to make it. It's a very different picture. I think it's really, really important that we get that. Take a look at the uh, show notes to see how the word Teva is spelled in Hebrew. Please join me every week for new ideas and uh, let's share these secrets together. Shalom. I'm Shmuel Bowman. <laughs>